0: Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. How are you doing? Welcome to the last podcast episode of 2020. I cannot believe that we are at the end of another year. Where did the time go? <laughs> Probably somewhere Between March and December, which is when everything with COVID happened, I know that life for me has both felt like it's at a complete standstill and it's also moving a thousand miles a minute. So I just want to say to you, we made it. We have gone through one of the most unprecedented times in the history of life. And here we are, wrapping up 2020 and heading into 2021. So one of the things I love to do at the end of the year is really reflect on my life, myself, what I've accomplished, who I'm being, all of those types of things. And I thought We could have a little fun today and play on the concept of 20 and do 20 questions for 2020. And the reason I love the idea of asking questions as the structure for reflection is because coaching is actually all about asking powerful questions. So for those of you who've never had a coach, or aren't entirely sure what coaching is and how it's distinguished from therapy or counseling, I think one of the hallmarks is just the way a coach frames their questions. So part of the field is really helping you uncover your own answers. The questions are designed to help Shift your thinking and create a transformation in the way you see and experience your life. And so when you think about asking yourself a powerful question, what actually happens is your brain will go to work to find the answer. And the quality of your life, the quality of your experience in your marriage and in other areas really depends on the quality of the questions you are asking yourself. And so powerful questions really open you up to your own inner wisdom. And it really offers you the opportunity to think about something in an entirely different way than you would have normally done. Whenever I'm coaching my clients, they always say to me, like, I have never asked myself that question or I've never thought about it that way. I didn't even know that was an option for me, right? And so powerful questions open up different opportunities for you, different ways of solving maybe some of the same old problems or the same old issues you've been experiencing. Asking powerful questions also promotes growth. When you're asking yourself different questions, your brain is working in a different way. And we all have like regular patterns of thinking, regular belief systems that really operate almost like grooves and worn down paths in our brain, where it's so quick for us to think that particular way all the time in many different circumstances, many different scenarios. But when you start asking yourself powerful questions, you give your brain like something different to chew on that it has to sort of digest at a more intense level than the regular way that you've been approaching or thinking about your circumstances. So I love the idea of reflections because it is really the way that I believe we learn what we are intended to learn. So no matter what your 2020 has looked like, there is something you are supposed to walk away with from this year. And pausing to just take the time to reflect will help you ensure that you don't miss the lesson, that you don't miss this experience and what you're supposed to get out of it and how it's actually supposed to help you moving forward. We live so much of our lives unintentionally. And I noticed just how busy we are with things that we don't even know what it's like to push the pause button. We don't know what it's like to rest and allow ourselves sort of the luxury of just thinking. Thinking about ourselves, thinking about what this year has been like. So this is your chance. I want to invite you to grab a notepad or the notes in your phone or a journal that you love. If you're like me, I have like 20 journals because I love beautiful journals and grab a pen, grab your favorite beverage and get like in your favorite comfy spot. And let's take a look back on 2020. So I've broken up these 20 questions into two different categories. One is going to be sort of just a reflection on you and the progress you've made. And then the second set of questions are going to be a little bit more critical, a little bit more constructive for you to see like where you've continued to be stuck or just some, you know, more challenging questions that are going to stretch your brain and stretch and grow you in a different way. So let's start with the first set. The first question is, What did you learn about yourself? I firmly believe that you should be a student of yourself where you can sort of step outside of yourself and notice how do you respond to things? How do you react to certain situations? So I want you to ask yourself this first question. What did you learn about yourself? The second question is how did you intentionally grow? I love this question. How did you intentionally grow? So the funny thing is, I'm sure at the beginning of 2020, when we had all that hope and promise, we had a vision of ourselves wrapping up this year, feeling a certain way, having accomplished certain things, and grown in certain areas. And so what were those things for you? And how did you intentionally incorporate them? throughout this year? Where did this year offer you the opportunity to intentionally grow in very specific areas? And if you didn't, don't worry. (laughs) That's what the second set of questions is for. Okay, now, because you're here to talk about marriage, let's do a marriage question. So question number three is, what did you do to make your marriage better? What did you do this year to make your marriage better? Maybe for you, it's just listening to this podcast of showing up every week to hear what I have to say, to apply what I'm teaching. Maybe you read a book. Maybe you've been really working on holding your tongue or seeing things from your husband's perspective. Maybe you've been working on being less selfish and really considering what he may be experiencing. So just take a minute and just think about like, what did you do to make your marriage better? How did you contribute to the pot of making your marriage better? Question number four, how did you love and care for yourself? Now, many of my clients are not only wives, but mothers. And I, as a mother of small children, know that loving and caring for myself is something that I have to be very intentional about. I carve out time every single day to do that. And so I want you to be thinking about how did you do that this year? What did you do that was loving for yourself? What did you do that really demonstrated how much you care for you? This is so important because if you don't know how to love and care for yourself, you wanna question like how you could expect other people to love and care for you the way you want them to if you're not doing that for yourself. And so many times I have clients that come to me, that are like, my husband is not showing me love in my love language. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. And I always challenge them to think about, okay, well, how are you doing that for yourself? Are you loving yourself at your highest capacity? Or are you looking for him to provide like the shortcut so that you don't have to do the work of self-love? So how did you love and care for yourself this year? Number five, how were you helped in your marriage? So we asked before, like, how did you contribute to making your marriage better? But I want you to think about how were you helped in your marriage? What was something this year that you heard or that you learned or that you experienced that really helped you in your marriage, whether that's helped you to see things in a different way or helped you to show up at your best. What was that? How were you helped in your marriage? Question number six, what's changed about the way you see your marriage? Are you stuck in the same old beliefs? Are you stuck in the same old patterns of thinking? Or has something actually changed about your understanding of what marriage is and what it requires of you and what you're willing to give? What is something that's changed about the way you see your marriage? Do you think it's better? Do you think it's worse? Just take note of it. Question number seven. This is a fun one. When did you de-escalate an argument instead of needing to be right. So I've said many times before that it takes two people to have an argument. And usually the only thing that you're arguing about is who is more right than the other person. And so the quickest way to deescalate an argument is to just not need to be right, not need to prove to your husband that your way is the right way of seeing it doesn't mean that you agree with him, but it just means that you're more interested in having a peaceful relationship with him than proving him wrong in the moment. And so when did you de-escalate an argument instead of needing to be right? Challenge your brain to find the answer if you're tempted to say, I didn't, <laughs> right? And if you didn't, then for sure, keep listening because that is something you might want to think about, right? What is this need that might be driving you to always need to prove your point or get the last word in? Where's that coming from? All right, question number eight. How did you love your husband better this year? Right, you're here listening to this podcast, which is love your marriage again. And part of loving your marriage again is loving your husband. And so, how did you do that this year? What's one or two or three or seven things you did to love him better, right? It's an interesting question to ask. And I think that loving your husband better is an investment in the type of marriage that you want always. Question number nine, what things did your husband do right in your opinion? What did he do right? whether that's today, (laughs) this week, or throughout the year. What is something you really look back on and feel like, yeah, he did that right. I'm really pleased with how he showed up. I'm really pleased with the decision he made. I'm really pleased with how he thought about a particular situation. And then question number 10, which is one of my favorites. What are you most grateful for? What are you most grateful for in this year, 2020? Okay, now let's go to the second set of questions. And the one I want to start with here, which will be question number 11 is, what are the things you blame your husband for instead of taking responsibility? I'm just diving right in, right? So what are the things you're blaming him for? What are the things you were blaming him for maybe at the beginning of the year that you're still blaming him for now? And what would it look like for you to take responsibility, right? So just like notice, just notice the things that you continue to blame him for and point the finger at him instead of taking responsibility for your emotions or taking responsibility for your reactions. Question number 12. How often were you truly vulnerable and risked being rejected? This is a deep question because I think when we get married, we expect that we will be immune to feeling rejected. I mean, after all, our husbands married us and committed to love and cherish us forever. Through good times and bad times, and so when that doesn't happen, when you risk being rejected or you experience any type of rejection, it makes you hide from wanting to be vulnerable. But I want to know, where did you stretch yourself? Where did you stretch yourself and decide to just really share your heart and you were willing to be rejected in the process? This is a huge, huge growth point that many people sort of shy away from because to most people, feeling rejected is one of the worst emotions you could ever feel. But as a coach, one of the things I equip my clients with is being willing to feel any emotion. Because when you can feel any emotion, you are unstoppable, right? Like you aren't living your life in fear of how you're going to feel you're willing to feel it and face the fear and go forward anyways. So question number 12, again, how often were you truly vulnerable and risked being rejected? Question number 13, how often did you criticize your husband instead of showing grace and compassion? This is one I have to check myself on too, right? It's so easy to criticize. It's so easy to lead with what's not happening, what he's not doing, how he's not performing the way you think he should. And it's much harder in those moments where you're frustrated or you feel angry or sad to extend that grace and compassion. It's almost like you're trying to pull it from an empty well because you're so focused on his impact on you. Whereas grace and compassion asks us to look at our impact on him or to just offer a pass. So how often did you do that this year? Was it 5%, 10%, 30%, 70%? Really take a moment and think about it. Question number 14, what percentage of time did you spend thinking about what you want versus? What you don't have. Our brains are so conditioned to find what's missing and to just stay stuck in a lack mentality. All the things that are not happening. How your husband's not giving you enough attention. He isn't spending enough time with you. He's not as affectionate. He's not as romantic. He's not as expressive. He's not as empathetic or understanding or sensitive. And getting stuck in this way of thinking prevents you from ever focusing on what you actually want and how to actually create what you want. So what percentage of time did you spend thinking about what you want? It's really important to up that percentage as high as you possibly can. Question number 15, how did you make it hard for your husband to love you? Now, I want to be clear here. Many people will go to the thought that he doesn't love you. And I want to offer that he does. And there are times when it's easy to love you and it's easy to like express love and affection towards you. And then there are other times when it's hard. This goes both ways. It's not an indictment on you. That's just the nature of relationships. Sometimes it's going to be very easy for you to love him. Sometimes it's going to be very challenging. But for the purposes of this conversation, what I want you to think about is how did you make it hard for him? Like what were the things you were doing or saying, or how were you being that if you were him, it would be hard for you to love you. I know for me, if I'm raising my hand and just sharing honestly with you all, I really have to work on Not saying certain things. (laughs) I think we have just unintentional thoughts floating in our brains all the time. And sometimes the filter is not that good. And so one of the first things I do, and I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, whenever I'm feeling like things are off in my marriage, I will put myself on a challenge of not complaining about anything. And that is not always easy. So I know that when I complain, it makes it hard for my husband to love me. Maybe the same is true for you. Question number 16, what past hurts still got in the way for you this year? I've talked to so many of you who are carrying the pain of things that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And so what are some of those hurts that are still bumping up that are still creating hardships and conflict and challenges in your marriage right now. Question number 17, what do you still need to work on within yourself? We are always works in progress, growing, evolving, getting better. And so what do you still need to work on within yourself? It's good to just know and to be honest with yourself about this. Question number 18, What is something you still have not apologized for? Ooh, I know. Now, I will tell you, apologizing is probably one of my stronger suits. As soon as I can recognize and have the self awareness that I've done something offensive or inappropriate or hurtful, I'm pretty quick to apologize. But I have many clients who that is a really challenging thing for them. And so I want you to think about for yourself, like, is there something in your marriages or something you've done that you haven't actually apologized for, but you know, you could have shown up better. You know that potentially you hurt your husband or frustrated him or angered him. Is there something you haven't yet issued that like sincere heart to heart apology about? Question number 19, how did you create distance in your marriage? How did you create distance in your marriage? So I know it's very easy to think about how your husband is doing that, right? He's preoccupied with his phone or work or Netflix or talking to other people. But how did you create distance? Usually this shows up. Just by withdrawing, right? Your feelings are hurt or you're angry or you're frustrated. And so you don't really want to be around him. And then you sit in your corner of the house and then that corner of the house with you there by yourself feels very comfortable and it feels vulnerable to come out of hiding to connect with him. And so you want to just pay attention to like, is that a pattern that you're observing in yourself? So how did you create distance in your marriage? And question number 20. Why did you continue to stay? I know you're like, what? You're asking me that question? I am. And I think that this question is a powerful question no matter where you are in your marriage. Meaning you can be in a place where, like, you know, you're staying, like, you know that your marriage is not to a place where you're seriously considering leaving. And so even asking this question of like, why did you stay is something that is probably not within the realm of your thought process. But I think it's incredibly important to ask because you want to reinforce your decision, right? If you know and are committed to staying in your marriage, why? Don't just allow that to be something you decide without really going deeply into what your reasons and what your rationale are, because otherwise it could be very fleeting. Or if you hit tough times and you don't know why you're staying, you'll be really tempted to leave over something that you maybe haven't given a ton of thought to. And on the other hand, if you are in a place of like really sort of feeling uncertain about the state of your marriage and you're unsure of if this is the right marriage for you or if your husband is the right person for you, you also want to be asking yourself this question. Why did you continue to stay? What were your reasons? Do you like your reasons? Do they represent the reasons that you would want them to be? So why did you continue to stay? Powerful question for whatever state your marriage is in right now. So, That's what I have for you, 20 questions for 2020. I hope that you will really take the time to answer these questions and reflect on what this year has been like for you, both as an individual and within your marriage. It has been my honor to be with you this year, and I am so excited and looking forward to what we will talk about And the content that I get to share with you in 2021, some really amazing and big things are in store. So make sure that you have subscribed to this podcast, share it with a friend whom you know could use a pick-me-up in her own marriage, and happy new year. I can't wait to meet you in 2021. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.